Kelly, candidate for Supreme Court in the great state of Wisconsin, is the new superhero fighting for all citizens of Wisconsin. With his background as a former Supreme Court justice, he realizes the importance of what it is really about. It's about you, the citizens here in the great state of Wisconsin, and being faithful to the Constitution, which protects all our inherent rights, such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Justice Daniel Kelly is a judicial constitutionalist who has dedicated a lifetime to the law. He served on the Wisconsin Supreme Court from 2016 to 2020, a tenure marked by his rigorous scholarship, judicial humility, and unwavering commitment to the rule of law. The scores of opinions authored by Justice Kelly during his service on the Supreme Court stand as witnesses to his commitment to our Constitution and the rule of law. Justice Kelly's extensive knowledge of the law has positioned him as a clear choice in the upcoming Wisconsin Supreme Court election. Wisconsin voters can count on him to defend our constitutional rights, enforce the law as it is written, and prevent judicial activism on the Supreme Court. As Justice Kelly often says, like Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Make sure to vote. There are many ways to cast your ballot. Absentee ballots can be requested at myvote.wi.gov. March 21st through April 2nd, you're able to cast your ballot during early voting. March 30th is the deadline to request an absentee ballot. March 31st is the deadline to register to vote at the clerk's office. April 4th is the day, folks. April 4th is election day. Make sure to cast your vote for Justice Dan Kelly for Supreme Court. It is my pleasure to welcome Justice Kelly to the Sherl and Shirley Show. Welcome to the Sherl and Shirley Show. And today it is my pleasure to have uh, Supreme Court, former Supreme Court Justice Daniel Kelly, who is now a candidate for Supreme Court, uh, on again. And him and I have talked a few times, so we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And I've just been watching everything that's been happening, um, Dan, and I just am shocked and appalled at much of what's going on out there. And I, I had no idea that it was going to be quite this nasty and dirty. Yeah. Uh, you know, you were just telling me a little bit about how you felt about uh, your father's legacy and how you felt about your family and how you felt about many of these slanderous lies. They're just terrible. I am shocked when I see it. So we're going to go over much of that too. So I just want you to introduce yourself again to the guests and then let's get talking about it. Wonderful. Cheryl, thank you so much for having me on your show again. I always uh, love our conversations. I'm a former justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It was my deepest honor to serve the people of Wisconsin in that capacity for several years. And the reason it was a such a great honor to me is because of how I understand the relationship to work between the people of Wisconsin and those who serve in office. I know that all of the authority to create and maintain governments belongs to the people of Wisconsin. And I know that all of the power to decide who sits in those seats also belongs to the people of Wisconsin. And that sets up a really critical relationship between them and those who serve in office. And it's the relationship of boss and servant. I was serving on the Supreme Court. I knew every day and I kept in mind with every case I decided and every opinion that I wrote that I was serving the greatest bosses a guy could have, our fellow Wisconsinites. Then it was also just a joy to do that work. You know, I remember back in 2016 when I was going through the appointment process, of course, appointed to the court by Governor Walker, a friend of mine pulled me aside one day and he said, are you sure you want to do this? And I looked at him and I said, well, I think so. What did you have in mind? Well, you know, the uh, 
this is what it's going to look like if you're appointed. Every day you'll go into chambers alone. You'll read, research, and write. That's about it. And I, and I was kind of nodding my head as he was going along. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great to me. <laughs> it turns out that is what the job is. And I loved doing it. So I had the greatest bosses a guy could have. And I loved doing the work. As we approach April 4th, I'm hopeful that the good folks of Wisconsin will choose to have me return to service to them on the Supreme Court. Absolutely. I am looking very forward to that. I wanted to maybe get into just a little bit about what's been going on. I watched your video on Charlie Kirk. That was pretty cool. Oh, splendid. Yeah, I think that was, that was great. Definitely seen by many, many, many people. And he's very well liked by especially the young people. We got to get young people out to vote. They need to Indeed. really care about these issues. So what I heard, though, from that while watching it was what you said, the proper role of the court is to preserve the rule of law. Yeah, and you and yeah. I've talked about this many different times. We've talked about how legislators legislate, they make the laws, and you have to follow the laws when you're on Supreme Court. Exactly. You don't get to make the laws. That's a difference, a contrast between you and your opponent. Definitely a contrast that you want to be on there because you want to follow the rule of the law. That's right, because that's what the people of Wisconsin have told us to do. All that authority that they have, they loan it to us, and it is just a loan, but the loan is done through the Constitution. And so they don't loan the authority in an undifferentiated mass. They split it up into three parts. They uh, loan some to the legislature, some to the executive, and some to the judiciary. I look to the Constitution to tell to see what the people of Wisconsin have told me to do. And what I see there is they've said, look, we've got one job you on the judiciary. Pay attention, do it well, but it's just this one job. It's use the existing law to resolve the cases that come before the court. And they tell us they're not interested in what we think about the law, whether it's a good law or a bad law or effective or not effective. They tell us that they have an entirely different branch of government to address those questions, and they call it the legislature. It's, so it's really straightforward. The work that I did on the Supreme Court and will continue to do if the people of Wisconsin return me is directed by what they've said in the Constitution. And that's one of the reasons why it is so very important the way that we talk about the role of a jurist uh, during campaigns. As I go around the state of Wisconsin, I talk about the things that are relevant to doing the job of a justice. I talk about the Constitution, the rule of law, judicial philosophy, what it takes to be a good and sound jurist. That's what I do. My opponent, on the other hand, goes around the state of Wisconsin talking about her politics. I find that beyond curious because politics have nothing to do with the work of the court. It is, in fact, poison to the work of the court. Now, the interesting thing is sometimes in uh, in interviews, I get members of the media who say, well, Janet's talking about her politics. How come you won't talk about yours? I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> because I'm running for the court and I don't know what she's running for. There is no more relevance to my politics than if I were to talk about who the Packers next quarterback on it. <laughs> you know, I mean, football is not relevant to the court. Neither is politics. And for the same reason, because the people of Wisconsin have not asked us in our role as jurists to address either one of those topics. I think that's one of the real key distinctions between my opponent and me. In fact, the, the distinction is so sharp that I think that the, the decision that is before the people of Wisconsin on April 4th is uh, the decision between the continuation of the rule of law 
or instead the adoption of the rule of Janet. Because she's made it really plain that she intends to place herself above the law if she's elected, going so far as to say she'd put her thumb on the scales of justice to make sure the cases are resolved according to her personal politics. And then I just heard the other day a little snippet of an interview she was doing in which she subscribed to the living constitution theory of how our uh, how our constitution works. And that theory is an, uh, actually an utter rejection of the entire concept of the rule of law. Because the rule of law is, it's just the promise that we get to know in advance what the law requires so that we can choose to conform our actions to what the law says. But living constitutionalism says that the courts, well, the courts get to change the law. They get to amend the law. They get to make new law without regard to what the people of Wisconsin have told us in their constitution. It is a complete break in faith to the people of Wisconsin and accountability to them. And it just allows them to be judicial tyrants. And yet that's what my opponent says that she would be all about if she were elected. And I think that's just extraordinarily dangerous. Yes, it's very dangerous. And it's uh, frightening to think that hundreds of thousands of dollars have been poured in from other areas, too. Yeah, that- millions. I know. I'm I'm stunned by this. They said this is going to be like the most expensive Supreme Court justice race ever in our state. And I'm just blown away by that. It- yeah. It boggles my mind when I looked at um, the lists of financial donations, uh, and I was mm-hmm. stunned when I looked at that. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. coming from Washington, it's coming from California, it's coming from Arizona, it's coming from D.C., it's coming from Michigan, it's coming from everywhere. And I just look yeah. and I think to myself, what is happening? And yeah. this, this is, it's almost one of those things where it's a financial fear that other places are going to have their hand on in our state with our Supreme Court, which should yeah. be the highest reserve position for a person to serve that will follow the law. It's frightening to me and it's frightening to many of us out here. We, I've talked to so many people that are upset about this whole thing. This is supposed to be a nonpartisan race. That's the other thing, right. Dan. We've talked yeah. about this. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your personal background and your personal feelings are on issues. That's it right. matters what the law is in the state of Wisconsin and the law is set by legislation and the governor signs the law. That's and, exactly right. Yeah. And then a case goes before you and then you look at that case and you follow the law. There are times I'm sure I know for a fact there's been times that I haven't agreed with Supreme Court because I'm a conservative. I'm a true conservative, but they have to follow the law and I have to that's understand right. that. And that's what that's I respect right. about it. You can't always, you know, it's not like you get a lollipop because you won, you know, it's not about that. <laughs> right. And it right. drives me absolutely insane. But there's a actual website, nojail.janet.com. Dot com. Oh, is there? I haven't seen yeah, that. This is something that's out there now, and it talks about her extensive soft on crime record. Yes, that must have a lot of um, information on there. And she gave no prison or jail time to child sex offenders. So yeah. when she has a case yeah. come before Supreme Court, how is she going to be about that? That right. kind of frightens me as well. Yeah. MacGyver Institute has certainly said it's perhaps the most unethical Wisconsin Supreme Court candidate in recent memory. Now, yeah. That shocks me. Right. Yes, it does. And she's not been fair as a regular. What is she? She's a circuit judge, correct? Circuit right court now? judge. Yep. That's trial level. That's right. Yes. So she's basically, to, in my eyes, and this is not me saying this, this is being said by other people, that she is a political activist who will be judicial activist. She's not being fair. Yeah, I fair. think that's right. Yep. She's not been a fair judge and she won't be an impartial justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And we don't need that. We really don't. In this day and time and with what we're going through with everything else, we really just don't need that. But I wanted you to hit on how this has affected um, your family. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is a hard thing to do to go around the state of Wisconsin doing a statewide campaign just as a general concept. I mean, it's, it's taxing. 
right? I mean, there's just an enormous amount of time we spend on it. And there's a lot that's encouraging that I enjoy uh, about a campaign. There are things about a campaigning that I just don't. And one of those things uh, is waking up every morning and learning something new about myself that just isn't true. It's coming from my opponent. You know, the first time it happened, I thought, well, maybe something uh, slipped past her attention. Uh, you know, she just didn't check it carefully enough uh, because it was untrue and irresponsible. And I thought, well, you know, maybe we just need to give her a pass on that. But it's become a pattern for her. It is apparent to me that she is just a serial liar. What I suppose one of the interesting aspects of this is she didn't start this just for me to try to beat me in this campaign. Apparently, this has been who she is for a long, long time. So there was recently a story about her. Reporters went and found her former stepsons, and one of them uh, told the reporter, this is what she does. She lies, and she's a chameleon. And she will do and say anything to get what she wants. One of those things that she'll do and say is just to make things up about me. There have been just hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars now spent on attack ads against me that just aren't true. You know, if we've got a couple minutes, we could just go through a couple of them. I think that's uh, a great idea. I really do. Oh, it's terrific. And I wanted to also mention something else, too, uh, that you are an introvert, a true introvert. Yes. And so for you to have to do this, you know, is is got to be very difficult. And to it's painful. Yeah. I can't. I can't imagine. Yeah. I, I love serving on the court because this is what you do. You go into chambers, you spend pretty much the entire day alone reading, researching, writing. Uh, and that's where I get energy is from that sort of thing. It, so to be out in public and, you know, talking about my personal uh, personal life and all that, that's all really uncomfortable for me. But mm. then to hear somebody come along and lie about me, uh, and especially in my role as a Supreme Court justice, and my role as an attorney, it's just unacceptable. So the first one that came out was an ad saying, well, Dan Kelly uh, defends child molesters at trial. And the reason he does it is because he likes the crimes that they're committing. It's just and disgusting. <laughs> it's just, a, it is, it's disgusting. And it's also not true. And please and tell, the, please tell the, the folks out there, how many daughters do you have? I have four daughters. Right. Uh, I don't see former Justice Daniel Kelly doing anything like this. I could never believe no. that in a million years. Yeah. So okay. here's the truth. So the first law firm I was at, at a law school, they assigned me the Spalding cases. And I handled a couple of pretrial matters on that. And then I left that firm to go to the firm where I spent the vast majority of my career before going to the court. And that was it. That's the sum total of my involvement. Yeah, they, can, say use that that. I def- yeah, they yeah. can use that against you. Right. But to say and- I defended him a trial, it's just a flat out lie. It's just uh-huh. not true. And then the idea that a, that a, uh, an attorney subscribes to the crimes their clients are accused of committing is just preposterous. Beyond that, and I think the technical term for statements like that is that they are just stupid. And I mean that in the full <laughs> dynamic of that word. There's no intelligence behind that, no reasoning, and no facts. It's not but only it's, a but lie. But it's the clickbait. It's the clickbait. That's, That's what exactly it is. what it is. Yeah. It's, exactly. It's so it's not just a lie, it's a slander. And it's not a slander just against me either. I mean, it's a slander against all attorneys who handle criminal defenses. And here's the problem with that. So it goes beyond lying and slandering. It creates a systemic problem with our criminal justice system. Because as everyone knows who's ever watched a cop show, criminal defendants are guaranteed by our constitution to have counsel to have a lawyer. We can't do criminal prosecutions unless the defendant has 
a lawyer. Here's the problem this creates. So I know from my time on the Supreme Court that it has been difficult to find lawyers who are willing to do this kind of work, especially in rural uh, Wisconsin. And part of the reason for it is the pay is just not good. Court-appointed attorneys, the pay is so low that for some of them, it doesn't even cover their overhead. So they're actually losing money handling these cases. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if along comes Janet, and if she's going to be out there saying that all these criminal defense lawyers only take those cases because they really like the crimes their clients are accused of committing, I mean, this is just outrageous. Because what will happen is, you know, they'll look at this and go, look, I'm not making much as it is. And if the judiciary is going to be go going out there and publicly destroying my reputation and my character, why on earth would they want to take those cases? And if they don't take those cases, there can't be prosecutions. Right. Well, let's point this out while we're at it, that she gave, uh, I, I see this most notably in several cases, she gave no prison or jail time to child sex offenders. Are we playing fair here? Are we just pointing oh, out yeah. things, you know, and that's yeah. the part that bothers me is this is backed up by proof. I mean, I have a, a paper in front of me that tells me exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're and getting that's slandered. The, and that's the yeah. And, and that's the big difference. So there is a, you know, now I don't have a license to practice psychology in the state of Wisconsin. So, uh, <laughs> and you don't you know, play I'm, one on TV. I don't play one on TV either. <laughs> but, you know, I know there's this concept out there called projection the assumption that just because you do something in a particular way, everyone else does too. And I think that's part of what's going on here. Janet uh, doesn't care much about child molesters or child sex offenders. So she just assumes that no one else does either. I mean, some of these uh, these sentences that she's imposed are just horrible. I mean, one of them, I, I don't know how old your listeners are. I don't know if you have children that listen to your show, but so I'll kind of be careful with the language because some of this is just horrific. But there was a man who uh, sexually assaulted a 13-year-old, videoed himself doing it, oh and then published it on Facebook. Holy so he was cow. duly convicted. He came before my opponent for sentencing, and she gave the guy no prison time, not a single day, no prison mm. time. I... <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that. That's appalling. And the poor young girl. She's got to she's got to live with that the rest of her life. Mm. And this That's, is not just that one case. I mean, there's a pattern. Oh, I know and there it, is. I've read a bunch about it. It's disgusting and it shocks me. And it shocks yeah. me about child abuse too. I know there's been some cases on child abuse that she just sentenced him to like 9 months of work release jail and Yeah probation. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, no, these are serious abuses against serious. a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, yeah. whipping them with a dog leash. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. whip my dog with a dog leash. No. I don't, you know, it's just sad. And we all know that there's a lot of stuff that goes on out there. These are not cases that will, well, I guess they could come between sure. come to the Supreme Court at some point. Mm -hmm. But if she has this kind of a background as a as a judge now, what's going to happen if she's the person? And like you said, this is sort of like projected is what I see it as yeah. too. It yeah. seems like what others, what they do, they think we do. Right. <laughs> you know, And it's like, yeah. wait a minute. No, don't put yeah. me in that class because that's that right. is not who that's I am. That's you, not us. Yes, exactly. We we even have a battle right now with books in schools. I mean, mm -hmm. it's this stuff is appalling. And I'm certain that that's probably eventually going to come before the Supreme Court because I believe it's pornography. It even says on many of the, um, if you read on like Amazon or something, it'll have a little clause in there that says this is for 18 years and older. But yet yeah. it's showing you walk in the door of a library and it's there. We found yeah. it here in our area where I live. Two of the books were in the school. These are not books that should be ever 
allowed in a school. They really shouldn't for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade people. You want to check something out as an adult, be my guest. You're, you know, that's your business. These are wrong. I don't want to get into that weeds too much. I just want right. to make sure that we go into some of the things that they have said about you that is totally untrue. I, yeah. I heard some stuff about abortion. That one probably bothers me a whole lot too. And maybe you can answer that. Yeah, sure. Also, okay, well, why don't we go into that one? Because that lie yeah. is about you want so, abortion banned and even cases in rape and incest and, mm -hmm. the of and the health of the mother. For years, Kelly was on the payroll of a radical anti-abortion group working to take away <laughs> women's rights fascinating yeah so again not true uh <laughs> i've never been on the payroll of uh an anti-abortion group and nor have i ever publicly stated how i would rule on abortion cases and the, and the reason i don't and haven't is for the same reason i don't talk about any other issue that might come before the supreme court our responsibility is to come to the, each case with no baggage to look at it simply according to the law to see what the law commands in that case. I think probably one of the uh, one of the best ways of looking at why this is so important is to imagine yourself uh, being involved in a lawsuit. Let's say you're a plaintiff. Uh, it is time uh, for your case to be heard. And you walk into the courtroom and there on the bench, you see a judge who just the day before was out talking about his politics and how he would, uh, what he thinks of various issues. And one of the issues he was talking about is the one that you are trying to pursue. And he's out there and he's saying how, uh, how he disagrees with it, thinks it's wrong. And you're looking at him now and you're thinking, wait a minute, am I going to get a fair trial here? Mm -hmm. The judge has already been out there talking about how he thinks this is wrong. I don't think he's going to rule according to the law. He's going to rule according to his personal views. And that's one of the reasons why we don't talk about these kinds of things is because our commitment is supposed to be taking a clear-eyed look at each case that comes before us and then resolving it according to the law and the law alone without reference to our personal views or opinions. And that's why we don't talk about that sort of thing. And that's why I don't. And that's why that ad is a lie. Lie number two. Now here comes line number three. So she says, well, there's a case uh, on which Justice Kelly recused himself and then he was paid to get back on uh, the case. Again, just completely false. So here's what the, the actual truth is. So this addressed the Zignego case, which was a question about who has the responsibility of cleaning up voter rolls. Is it local clerks or is it the Wisconsin Election Commission? So that came to us uh, shortly before the uh, spring 2020 election. So I recused myself from that case because uh, its resolution could have affected an election in which I was a candidate. And so I said, of course, I, I can't sit on that case. And then the election uh, comes and goes, and then the case came back to us on a petition for review. At that point, uh, because the election was already over, it no longer had the capability of affecting anything in which I had an interest. I wrote a letter to the parties, and I said, here's the reason I recused. That reason no longer obtains. Does anyone have any objection to me participating in the case? And no one objected. Mm. Okay, so, so that's the so, truth. So they so they only tell you the half truth. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. <laughs> so they say the half truth is there was a case called Zignego. Everything else was a lie. Uh, so Janet comes along and she says, I know how to impugn Dan's character. Let me lie about him and finances. It's a truly stupid thing to say because all of this stuff is in the public record. If she wasn't so sloppy, she could have looked and find out what the actual facts are. But she mm. just didn't. She just chose to lie. So then along comes lie number four. And this one is particularly bizarre. So she says, 
there are six cases in which Justice Kelly had a close relationship with the plaintiffs and he didn't recuse himself. I look at those six cases and I'm like, all right, first off, Janet, do you understand the difference between plaintiffs and the attorneys who represent them? I'd never heard of any of the plaintiffs. I mean, I in, until that case came before, those cases came before the court, never even heard of them, didn't know them. Now I knew the lawyers, but lawyers are not plaintiffs. Lawyers, as it turns out, are lawyers. Uh, the lawyers were from the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. And many years before I came to the court, they had a uh, litigation advisory board in which I participated in one meeting. <laughs> and that was it. And they turned that one meeting on an advisory board with the lawyers uh, long before any of these cases were even a glimmer in anyone's eye. And they turned that into Dan has close relationship with the plaintiffs. So again, it's just either insanely sloppy or, just, or a mendacious lie. And either way, again, once again, is slanderous. But this is her pattern. This is what she does. And I think this is important because something that Alexander Hamilton said 235 years ago, he said that courts have neither the power of the purse nor of the sword, but merely judgment. Judgment, in my view, is suggests to me that jurists are really made up of nothing but words. And those words have power only to the extent of the personal integrity of the person speaking them or writing them. Absolutely. And my opponent has demonstrated through her serial lies and slanders that she has no personal integrity. She simply does not have the character to sit in the judiciary. I, I think her behavior has been beyond, beyond appalling. And this, I have to agree. <laughs> and, you know, and surely this, I, I like to pretend that I have a thicker skin than I do. I'd like to say that this just rolls off my back, but it doesn't. Uh, this makes me angry. And there's a specific reason why. I, growing up, our family didn't have much. I had three brothers and three sisters. We uh, we just didn't have much. Now, I didn't know it at the time because I had two loving parents who took good care of us, but there just wasn't much there. And one day when I was a teenager, my dad, he, he said, you know, Dan, when I'm done here with this life, I'm probably not going to have much to leave you, but I'll promise you this. I'll leave you a good name. Now, mm -hmm. a year after I graduated law school, his comments came to pass, and he didn't have much to leave me. A couple of cufflinks and a broken pocket watch. Mm. But he left me a good name. And I treasure that above anything else he could have possibly left me. If he was a multimillionaire and left me that, it would not have been as valuable as leaving me a good name. And I've treasured that my whole life, and my intention is to pass down a good name to my children. And now there's someone out there like Janet trying to trash my father's legacy. And I resent that. It is disgusting. And I am uh, beyond furious with her personally. Totally. This is just a defect in character that she's displaying in this campaign. I totally understand that 100%. And I agree with you. I think it is appalling that they get away with doing this and they get away with bringing money from everywhere else. It's poison is what it is. I mean, you've said it this is. before. It's poison yep. to the work of the court. And it drives me absolutely insane. It drives a lot of a lot of people out here because people will watch these ads and they really do take that to heart and they believe it sometimes. They'll believe mm -hmm. it and, and mm -hmm. they don't know who to question. They don't know where to go to find the facts. They just right. don't know. Yeah. So that's why we're doing this is to get the facts out there. So you have your word out there to be able to stand up. And I know you, and I know that you, like I said earlier, integrity and ethics. It's just can't even 
imagine someone questioning it. There, There's times, okay, so let's say, for instance, that they wanted to know the answers to these lies that they've put out there. Why didn't they contact you and ask you? Right. You could have given them the truth instead of them doing these sly little ads that make it look like you've done something wrong. And I think one of the one of the best statements that you and I've talked about all along is changing law is the job of the state state legislator. It's not your, right. your job to do that. And it's not her job to do that. Yeah. It is the state legislature to do that. She has no right to implement her own little law. So let's get into a little bit about, which I thought was very interesting, because I watched, you know, you do a debate with, with an empty chair, which I found <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and here's my thing, you know, here's my point is if she really felt strongly about all these things that she's doing and saying, is this the basement uh, campaign? Is that what we're doing? So you won't come out and debate you even for with a liberal group. And yeah. they canceled the debate instead of having the empty chair because they know how bad that would look. Oh. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, you know, the American Constitution Society, which is a an organization dedicated to uh, advancing progressivism in the, in the courts, they offered to host a debate. And I immediately said, absolutely, happy to do it. Uh, and my opponent uh, would not even debate in front of a crowd that would be very sympathetic to her. I think this is partly a consequence. There's been one debate that we've had, and it was at the very beginning of the campaign, before the primary. It was back in the beginning of January. All four of us were there, and I think this just turned out badly for uh, for Janet. And I think that's part of the reason why she doesn't want to come out and debate, because she knows that I will be able to show to the people of Wisconsin that she's just a politician who dresses up like a judge. She's not really a judge. She's out there to, to advance her personal politics. And the reason that she's running for the Supreme Court is because that's the most powerful way of advancing her personal politics. Uh, I think she knows I can show that. I think she knows I can uh, unmask all of her lies that she's been telling about me. She wouldn't have a defense for any of this. I think that's probably part of the reason behind this. But there is, so far, she has accepted one debate. It'll be, I think it's next Tuesday. Uh, so we'll see if she follows through on that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And uh, is that a debate that will be held in a, a college atmosphere? Or is that something that'll be held on I TV think that's, so people can watch it on public yeah, TV or it, something? Yeah, it should be uh, broadcast. I think the, uh, if I recall correctly, I think it's the Dane County Bar Association is hosting that. My understanding is that the uh, the media will be there. There should be availability to see this all over the state. Okay, and I would assume Dane County Bar Association is probably not someone super friendly to a conservative <laughs> justice as well. <laughs> so, they, they, they lean in a particular direction. Yes, I'm certain that they do. But I give you total credit for standing up. I do believe everything that you have said to me, I mean, in any time we've ever spoke has always been, I've never heard you give me an opinion on any, any issue, any yeah. issue. You yeah. have never done that. You have always said that, you know, cases come before the Supreme Court and I have to make my decision that way. The state, if you have a question about something, you need to talk to your legislators because that's who changes the law. That's right. That's Not right. you. And that's yep. what I admire the most about you. And that's why I kind of said, you know, you're like my superhero. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kind of fighting for all of us. You know, I do. I think that I and it's not you're not even just fighting like for one side as they make it out. You're fighting for every citizen, everyone, every Absolutely. citizen in the state of Wisconsin. Anyone could have a some kind of an issue that would come before the Supreme Court. Would you rather have someone who believes in following the law based on the Constitution 
That's right. I, and, it, and it's the promise. I mean, it's the promise that the people of Wisconsin will continue to be able to make their own laws through conversation with their legislators. Right. And, uh, you know, my opponent just wants to usurp that role. And, and to me, it just seems really condescending. Because she looks at the Constitution and the way it lays out the responsibility for the people to talk to their legislators about making the law. And she says, I don't like that. I don't think it ought to operate that way. I think I, she says, she should be able to determine what the law is or is not. She should be able to determine what the people of Wisconsin can and cannot have as a law. As a law. And I just think that's really condescending. My role is, and again, I, I think it's, a, it's born out of that uh, proper understanding of the relationship between the people of Wisconsin and the people in office. And it's the relationship of boss and servant. I never went into Supreme Court chambers uh, thinking, okay, this is, uh, this is the day that I'm going to teach the people of Wisconsin something. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. never going to happen. I mean, I went in every day. And the question I, uh, I always ask throughout the day is what have the people of Wisconsin told me to do? So I look at the Constitution that they created and maintained. I look at the laws that they've developed in conversation with their legislators. I see, well, that's what they've told me to do. So that's what I'm going to do. And that's why I like you so much, because you do stand by that. And I think that's uh, something that we all should appreciate. So let's talk a little bit about how the campaign is going. I mean, we've talked a lot about some of the issues that you've had to overcome. But one of the things that I like about it is that I like to stay on the offense of the issue uh, of what's going on in your campaign. How's it going? And I know you've probably hit pretty much every county in the state. Um, yeah. I know you've been way up north. I know you've dealt with dragon deer off of the highway. I know yeah. that. <laughs> you know, you got to have some humor in there too. Indeed. <laughs> and some yeah. unusual occurrences, the kinds of things you never thought you'd do during a campaign. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm sure you never pictured yourself dragging a deer that was hit by a vehicle off yeah. of the road in the middle of nowhere in, in the, the snowstorm. No yeah, no, no, yeah. never, it never entered into my wildest imagination. So, yeah, <laughs> well, but it's, it's always, it, it are, that's the superhero think, part, Dan. That's the part I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, so, the, uh, so this has been going great. You know, we uh, uh, we've been all over the state this past weekend. Uh, we spent up north. Uh, we got as far north as Webster, which was just a delight. We had a great time talking with folks up there. I think we kind of surprised them because th this past weekend, it was just snowing a lot. Yes, uh, it was. Roads were horrible. We arrived, and they, they looked at us in there. They told me, well, we're relieved you're here because, you know, we've been checking our phones. We, we felt sure that uh, you're going to have to cancel because of the weather. Uh, we gutted it out and we had a great time up north. It was uh, it was wonderful. This is what I'm hearing wherever I go. People are concerned about uh, the fate of their constitution and the liberties that it protects. And they're concerned about the fate of the rule of law. They're adamant that these are things that they want to preserve. And they have been just uh, getting out in droves and uh, helping out with our campaign. Uh, making sure that everyone knows what's at stake uh, and, and what we need to do uh, to preserve the rule of law, to preserve our Constitution, and to ensure that we can have law and order in our communities so that we can go uh, about our business safely without having to worry about criminal behavior. This is what I found is top of their minds as we, as we go around the state. We're enthusiastic about protecting all of that. 
I think that's very good news. You never know, you know, what might be on people's minds. You know, as we approach April 4, uh, we are cautiously optimistic about how this is going to turn out. Uh, but, you know, I'd like to be able to say that we have it in the bag. You know, we can't say that at this point. Uh, we can be cautiously optimistic, but there's a lot of work yet to be done between now and April 4. Part of that we're doing, we've got some ads that will be uh, finally coming out this week. Looking forward to having those out there. Then it's just going to be helping folks around the state understand the, the stakes and what they can do uh, to help out. You know, I... Uh, I look at this and I see all of the power and responsibility that belongs to the people of Wisconsin, right? They have all the power to create and maintain governments in the state of Wisconsin. They have all the power to decide who sits in those seats created by their constitution. And that's a huge amount of power. I learned from Spider-Man movies uh, <laughs> that with great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. And so, you know, my part in this is to is to go around the state of Wisconsin and, and help people understand what's at stake and what's at risk. And, you know, describe my qualifications and uh, reasons that they might consider uh, returning me to the Supreme Court. But the rest now here comes the responsibility that comes with all of that power. So they need to look carefully at the backgrounds of the uh, of the candidates and decide on their own who best will serve us on the Supreme Court. And then having made that decision, there's an additional responsibility, and it's to do something about it. Come out and vote. Uh, find others who don't normally vote in spring elections mm -hmm. and explain to them what's at stake and encourage them to come out and vote and exercise the responsibility that comes with all of that power. We've been seeing a really positive response all around the state. Uh, and I've, uh, I've been greatly encouraged by that. Because, you know, I mean, I mean, kind of the middle of the maelstrom here. And so it's it's difficult to uh, figure out what others are thinking. Uh, but as I have opportunity to talk with them, uh, it uh, it sounds like people are really engaged and uh, and they and they're taking their responsibility really seriously. Uh, you put all of that together. And I think that makes for a successful campaign. I do too. April 4th, of course, you can go vote absentee by mail. You can let people know that you want to do that. There's an absentee ballot request you can get hold of. There's all kinds of information and you can check, yeah. um, you can check with his campaign. Uh, you can check with your, I think it's the um, vote absentee by mail, wi.gov. There's so many places you can go to find out your uh, municipal clerk area and find out too. But please, please, you need to make sure that you use your civic power and duty to make sure that we are protected and let our superhero Spider-Man take over <laughs> his duties, which means that he's going to spend a lot more time in a room reading and making yeah. decisions. And based on what the the legislative um, has sent to the governor to be signed in as law, not making his own laws. And that is really what we're we're standing up for. We are fighting for our rights, and we're fighting for life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness and our inherent rights. I am really pleased again um, to have you on, Justice Kelly. You've been fantastic. Every time we've done a podcast, you uh, enlighten me a little bit more, and you bring more to the table. I saw a different side of you today, uh, understanding that your integrity has been uh, threatened a little bit by someone who is. Uh, a scoundrel 
Yeah. You know, you remember all the movies, the good versus evil. Yeah. I always believe the good will overcome. And Amen. I really do believe that. So Amen. I think there are a lot of people out here fighting very, very hard because we believe that you will do what you said you would do, which is follow the, the constitution. And that's really what we want. We don't want someone yeah. to make their own laws. We don't want someone to make their decisions based on their political views. That is just not what it's about. That's right. So no matter where I stand, it makes no difference to me. I want someone on the Supreme Court that will fight for the Constitution and what the law says. And I appreciate that you have stood up for that for as long as you've done. And I also appreciate you putting yourself out there and your family I know it's not easy, and I know being a true introvert, my son was a true introvert, this would devastate. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it has hard. to be. It has to be yeah. very difficult, and it has to be difficult for your your children, your wife, your whole, yeah. you know, your whole extended family, because it's not easy to, to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that um, I am so grateful for in, in life is that uh, I married a woman who loves me and cares about me deeply. And now one of the consequences of that is she gets outraged by these, these lies. I mean, mm -hmm. it is just, um, it, and it's difficult for her uh, because, you know, she's, she doesn't even have an outlet where, you know, like I do. I can go around the state and I can tell people, that these are lies uh, and I get to mix it up with the activist arguments. And that's, you know, that's kind of a, a release for me, but my wife doesn't have that. I mean, that's, uh, you know, she just has to, has to deal with it. And it's, it's incredibly difficult to do that. It is. Uh, so I'm, I'm blessed that she gets outraged on my behalf, uh, <laughs> but you know, I wish it was not necessary. Uh, I, I wish my opponent had, had better character than she does. Hey, you know, let's let's just um, fight with the facts. That's all. Yeah, just exactly. You know, and and honestly, this again, nonpartisan, and that's what fascinates me the most is this is supposed to be a nonpartisan. Eventually, what's going to happen is Supreme Court's going to get thrown in with, you know, every other election, and you're going to have to declare and all this because I don't, I don't know how else we fix this. I'm not sure exactly, except for getting you elected. But well, yeah, <laughs> and people like and people like you, you know, people like yeah. you that, that will follow well, see, the law. Yeah, and that's the thing. So this is uh, the way I see it: is this is really not about me as a person. It's about the ideas and the principles. I'm just a vehicle that carries those principles to the court. Absolutely. Uh, so it's you know, uh, and we need others who will carry those principles as well. This is a long-term project. Uh, you know, I think that. Uh, regrettably, uh, people have uh, gotten the idea that the court is just another political branch of government. And I think that's largely because of the way the media covers it. You know, they try to put the court in a political box. Um, and because, and then partly I think it's because it's easier to address it that way. Because, uh, you know, we all talk about, you know, people talk about politics all the time. And so they're comfortable doing that. And so that becomes a way of talking about the court that's comfortable. It's mm. just incorrect. So we need to, you know, the media needs to take the court out of that political box and put it back where it belongs and talk about it in the way that the Constitution does, which is a legal institution. So we should be talking about, you know, the nature and effect of the Constitution. We should be talking about judicial philosophy, the rule of law and all of those things, but they're just not fluent in that. And so it's difficult for them to address the court in that way.
but so it's a, I think this is a long-term project uh, to get everyone back focused on the difference between a political branch like the legislature and a legal branch like the courts. And we should be having conversations that are entirely distinct because they are entirely distinct institutions. I agree totally. I think it would be a very wise idea for all of us to do that. And maybe even our uh, Supreme Court justices pointing that out as often as they can, because it does yes. make a difference that, that we wouldn't be doing this every time a election comes up then. Right. You know, we would just be going by the merit of what you believe if the candidate that you think is going to better serve the Constitution and the state yes. of Wisconsin instead of serving as a, a law person you know, who's going to just say, okay, this is what I want to have happen. And then when you hear their decisions too, that's another thing. So people can go to your website and you, what's that website? I should have that in front of my face. I'm well, that's sorry. That's all right. It's justicedanielkelly.com and it's Kelly with one E, Justice Daniel Kelly. Okay. Uh, I certainly appreciate your time. I know you're very, very busy and I know I've seen your name all over the state and I, I want to keep uh, make sure that I get that information out. I'm going to look it up about this next debate that you're going to have so I can get that information out too. Right. So I appreciate your time very much, Justice Kelly. You are fantastic. I look so forward to uh, seeing you again sometime soon and I wish you and your family the best. Uh, I am praying for your family and praying for you, you as I know that um, it's a tough, tough gig and you stood up for it. This is like that that battle. And with Spider-Man, as you say, great power comes great responsibility. I'm going to be watching. <laughs> Wonderful. And well, you Cheryl, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I love being on your show. And thank you for your prayers, too. I mean, I just um, that means the world to us. Well, absolutely. And I, I hope that everything that you're doing... I hope that you do have time to just reflect a little because this is Lent and it's a time to do that. And it's time, yeah. you know, it's time for, for many of us to do that. And I think maybe I saw a commercial recently from, I think it was U.S. Cellular, which I think is crazy, but not that I'm giving them a plug. Um, <laughs> I don't even have them, but but they have this thing like five minutes, put put down your phone for five minutes, five oh, days, yeah, yeah. Five, that. Yeah. five hours, five days or something. I think that is such a wonderful idea. People need yeah. to step away from social media and all of this stuff and yeah. just breathe, you know, yeah. and just spend time with your family. And I think we've lost a lot of that too, really and truly what this is all about. And it's not yeah. about telling people lies and trying to That's get right. elected. This is That's about right. trying to get the person that will serve the state the best. And I do appreciate everything that you've done. So thank you so, so much for coming on again. And I will be watching and um, doing everything that I possibly can. Wonderful. Cheryl, thank you so much. Uh, yes. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. This is wonderful. Well, thanks. I appreciate it, too. Um, that's it for the Cheryl and Shirley Show today. And we we had such a great guest again, uh, just former Justice Kelly. And he's fighting now for the whole state. I hope you will all get out and vote April 4th or find out when you can vote early. And make sure that you get your absentee ballot if you need to and you're not going to be around. We have a lot of snowbirds in the area, so we need to make sure that gets taken care of, too. Thank you.